0: Welcome, Eagles, to another episode of Trad Cat Night Radio. I am Eric Kajewski, founder and owner of Trad Cat Night, your one-stop website for all of the day's latest church apostasy and end-time news. That's right, folks. Get to tradcatnight.blogspot.com daily. We're featured all over the alternative media circuit, and I'm doing my best to keep you up to date on all the latest happenings from around the world as we head closer to the fruition of the third secret of Fatima. Today, my good friends, is May 10th, 2018. I have a very special guest with me today, a returning guest. Uh, he's been on quite frequently here on Tradcat Night Radio, uh, a man who truly needs no inter- introduction at all. But he is the publisher of the Trends Journal. Um, his website is trendsresearch.com, Mr. Gerald Salente. You can also find his popular YouTube channel by searching Gerald Salente, or get to his Twitter feed. I'll get all of this up in the description box so you can just directly link to it, uh, but you can find him as well there, Gerald Salente. Uh, so it's been uh, well, a few months, at least, since I've had you on the program, Gerald. A lot to talk about. If we could backtrack, maybe here a little bit. I wanted to get your take, your analysis on what has transpired in Syria ge- geopolitically. Uh, what do you make of Trump's moves? Uh, should we buy into the the notion that Assad is, the, you know, the bad guy uh, in the situation? And just in general, what, what are we to make of Trump these last few months? I mean, I know a lot of conservatives. Uh, who follow my program are kind of raising their eyebrows and they were always on the Trump chain. What do you say, Gerald?
1: Well, we had forecast this going back to uh, the end of November 2016. We said that there was going to be a buildup of war drums against Iran, and there was a coalition being formed between Israel, Saudi Arabia, and the United States. So we've been saying this now for a year and a half. It was one of our top trends for 2017. And this is unprecedented with Saudi Arabia joining in with Israel to go after, you know, to, to, to go after another um, uh, uh, enemy. Sure. So you can see the trend coming. And the reality is this. They need higher oil prices. Mm. For is for Saudi Arabia's budget to break even, they need oil, according to the IMF, at $87 a barrel. Right now there's 13 to 15 percent unemployment rate in Saudi Arabia, depending on whose numbers you're looking at. Two thirds of the people employed in Saudi Arabia, you know who employs them? The government. They need higher oil prices. They're pushing Saudi Arabia, the Saudis also launched the Yemen war along with Obama. The United States supplies them with the bombs, the bullets and the intelligence and the air refueling to destroy the poorest nation in the Middle East. Some 15,000 Yemenis have been killed. The World Health Organization calls it the greatest health crisis in the world today. And now Trump is picked up from where Obama's left off. And now we have special forces in Yemen, too. And again, Saudi Arabia launched that war. So now going back to Syria, it is the United States and and of course Syria were the ones behind, uh, excuse me, the United States and Saudi Arabia and the uh, Arab League were the ones behind The overthrow of Assad, attempting to do that going back to 2011, after the United States and the Saudis and the Arab League, along with France and England, were responsible for overthrowing Gaddafi in Libya in 2011. And who did they use to overthrow him? The same people that they're using or tried to use to overthrow Syria. But when Russia and Iran got involved in Syria at the behest of Assad, like him or not, he was the leader of the, is the leader of the country and they were invited in, the United States and Saudi Arabia have lost in Syria. And what they're doing now is retaliatory in trying to regain strength there in their attempts to overthrow Assad so that Iran does not have a link, a direct link from Iran through Syria into the Mediterranean Sea, and that's the whole story. Now Israel, it's okay for Israel to bomb Syria anytime that they want, and they've done so over dozens of times over the last few years. But when anybody retaliates after Israel strikes, how dare they? <laughs> Israel has the right to protect itself. That's what you're hearing in the news today. Iran has said that they did not send in those 20 rockets into the Golan Heights, and it was Syria that did it. But that doesn't make any difference. They're blaming Iran. And by the way, oh, where where did they throw those rockets into the Golan Heights? Who's occupying the Golan Heights? Against United Nations resolution? Oh, that's Israel, but, but that's only in violation of the United Nations Security Council Resolution 242. So you cannot attack Israel, even though they're an occupied nation, and you can't attack Israel after they attack anybody else. Same thing like the United States, France, UK, and the rest of the murderers. We could go into any country, murder whoever we want, kill millions. Cost trillions, but how dare you attack us after we do turn your country into ruins? So what we have basically, Eric, is more sickness running and ruining the world.
0: <laughs> no question about it. It's a giant soap opera, as you know, uh, Gerald Salente, a giant WWE Worldwide Wrestling Federation show. And speaking along the same lines of World War III storms brewing, I know in a more loose sense some will argue we're already in World War III, but I'm talking about just all out whether it's nukes or Tesla technology, whatever it will be. Uh, we've you already mentioned how uh, you know Israel and Iran are kind of going back and forth. I mean, how much longer can this charade? play out it's kind of like the economy we know it's a propped up ponzi scheme it's eventually going to collapse but i mean i i know some conservative pundits like dr jim willie came on my show and he says he he doesn't see war happening at all and i was kind of shocked i was like really (laughs) Uh, i mean it seems to me that the globalists want war um are the globalists really defeated are they really retreating i guess is a better question as some are suggesting or is this all part of their scheme
1: no, they're not retreating at all. They, you, know, you know, psychopaths and sociopaths don't retreat. You know, they never admit defeat. They never admit their wrongs. They never admit to making mistakes. No, they're just moving forward. And what you're, you know, one of my sayings is, when all else fails, they take you to war. And that's what's going on now in the Middle East. Netanyahu's failing. He's being brought up on charges for corruption. You want to get the people's minds off what's going on? Right. How about a war? I mentioned the crown prince. Imagine, imagine adults calling this guy a crown prince. And you know how he became a prince in Saudi Arabia. A princess kissed a frog, and the frog became a prince. We all know who that, how that happens. I mean, come on, grow up, everybody. This is a gang that began in 1934 that the English and the rest of the murderers put into place to run the show. So they're in trouble over there. He started a war that's a losing war in Yemen. Their economy, according to all of the analysis, is in deep trouble because of the debt levels that they have and the money that they need. And you want to get the people's mind off the problems? War. War. That's what we're looking at. And again, the United States has been now, what, over a quarter of a century fighting wars? Uh. And so there's no end in sight. It's what Eisenhower warned the people about, the military-industrial complex is robbing the nation of the genius of the scientists, the sweat of the laborers, and the future of the children. Oh, and by the way, what's going on over there in China? They're buying up the world. While the United States' business is war, the business of China is business. So, what you're seeing is the typical decline of an empire. When empires decline, all they do is go into war.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, You know, there's a a plan in place, a pre planned implosion of the United States. There's no question about it. And just to backtrack on what Gerald said, there's no doubt there's a doubled standard. Uh, We see all these viral videos happening concerning. Uh, you know, these IDF soldiers killing poor, innocent Palestinian protesters. And we won't go in there and bomb them, but we will bomb Syria, of course. And I would also encourage my non-Catholic audience to look into the message of Fatima because the Ukraine area, NATO uh, activity is building up in that area. And uh, per this message, uh, Russia is going to lash out here soon. And uh, I wanted to get Gerald's take on what's happening there, geopolitically speaking with Ukraine. I think Trump just sent some anti tank missiles into the area. I know NATO called up 30,000 troops uh, to be plugged into that area. That area seems to be ramping up as well geopolitically. And then after that, maybe we could talk about some potential false flags.
1: No, you're, you're 100% right, Eric. They're building it up more and more because, again, isn't isn't the Ukraine economy doing wonderful? Aren't the people living at the height of the heights? Isn't everything so much better than before the United States and Europe overthrew the democratically elected government of Yanukovych? Oh, everything is beautiful now. So, of course, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> they are in severe economic problems. So, again, when all else fails, they take you to war. And that piece of Porkashenko over there is nothing more than another murdering thief, like all of the rest. So yes, they're going to get the people's mind off it by building up the war and again blaming Russia for it. And, and so the reality is that if the United States or NATO go, go against war against the, a Russia, kiss the world goodbye, you know, I mean, it's, it will be the end times. I mean, if Napoleon couldn't pull it off, if Hitler couldn't pull it off on oh, the United States can't even win a war in Afghanistan, a bunch with guys with, you know, with rifles. Oh, yeah, they're going to beat Russia. Yeah, sure. I got it. <laughs>
0: Well said. And uh, there's an article that just came out on RT.com today. And basically the premise of it is Assad says, why even bother talk to Trump if he truly doesn't control the U.S.? I've always flown by the model that uh, uh, America's presidents are selected, not elected. There are many in the conservative world who kind of think like Trump you know, beat the system and he was uh, you know, elected and I'm not one of those uh, particular people. Uh, but I wanted to get your thesis on this whole... Uh, deep state. Do you believe Trump is a part of it? Is he really trying to drain the swamp? I mean, feel free to disagree with me, Gerald. Um, But you know, there's just a lot of evidence to suggest he's not the man who we thought he was going into uh, the elections. And on the other side, there's a lot of conservatives now who are putting out to the public that he is another neocon like Charlotte Iserbitt, who was on my live show two weeks ago. And she was a high up in Reagan's administration and education department. So it's, he's, he's an interesting figure to say the least. (laughs)
1: Here's what I would say about Trump. Again, as you well know, we were the first magazine to call him a winner back in May before the elections in November. It's in writing. We were the first to call the Trump rally. We were the first to call the end of it. We were the first also to say that All he is is what you see in terms of, does he want war? Does he want to do other things? And is he being manipulated by the deep state? It's even simpler than that. Do you realize the track record that this guy has in real life? Forget Stormy Daniels or the other one. (laughs) This guy has a track record that if it came out into the public, could could you imagine being married and every day it's coming out, you had another scandal with a hooker or a prostitute or a playboy Mm. buddy? Yeah. Could you imagine what your life would be like So to us, the way we're looking at this, they got enough dirt on Trump to build another Mount Everest. And he has to do what he's told when it comes to the military-industrial complex. Again, it took a five-star general, the supreme commander of the Allied forces in World War II, two-term president, Eisenhower To give the farewell address Warning the people Now this is a man That warned the people We haven't had a man since What do you have You had little Barack Obama You had B.S. Little Bush You had slick Willie Clinton One little jerk After another These aren't men so they can't fight the deep state. They're not men. Yeah, it's definitely a fair point. And, and, and Trump, they Trump can't fight it because of the dirt that they have on him.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say that's perhaps why we're seeing some of these stories surface now is maybe he's not playing the game sufficiently enough to their liking to where we're now we're seeing uh, these stories coming about. But no, no no doubt about it, Trump is a Zionist that's never uh, a good thing uh from our perspective too i've been warning people that the early church fathers warned that once you see jerusalem start to gain ground and it ultimately will be the new world order capital of the world and take a look at what trump's doing in jerusalem you now see all these embassy uh, countries moving their embassies there i mean talk about the end times folks that that's that should that's a red flag for any christian uh out there Uh, But moving along the same line, I want to belabor the point with Trump. I wanted to get your analysis, Gerald, on the pros and cons of Trump pulling out of the Iran deal. What does this mean for the United States? What does this mean for the world? All right, folks, we are back. Sorry, some technical difficulties there. Um, With the one and only Gerald Salente from TransResearch.com, we got one more question as it relates to Trump. Of course, the big news over the past 48 hours or so is Trump pulling out of the Iran deal. I wanted to get... Gerald's analysis on this, the pros and cons, what this means for the United States, what this means uh, for the world in general. Uh, We, of course, see the backlash coming out of Iran, you know, burning, you know, effigies of of Trump and burning of the American flags. Again, this is kind of only fueling the fire, if you will. As a matter of fact, so much to the point, I don't know if you saw this, Gerald, on uh, Zero Hedge. They're now saying that Iran is likely to do cyber attacks. So it was Russia, what, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. Now it's Iran. Uh, so, yeah. so be careful, folks. Iran might be cyber attacking the West. Go ahead, Gerald. Yeah, or don't forget
1: North Korea. I mean, we can't. They, they, well, everything's good now, right? They won't be doing any cyber attacks. You know, again, this is all propaganda. And um, what the United States is doing with sanctions isn't only hurting uh, Iran; it's hurting all the businesses that are doing business with them, and particularly in Europe. And what these sanctions really do is they, they really don't do anything other than create more conflict and misery, and it mostly hits the people. So, for example, with the, with the sanctions on Russia, and then Russia then puts sanctions on Europe. So it, it's hurting a lot of the smaller people, the people, for instance, in Italy that used to and, and France that used to bring in wine and prosciutto and, and all those other things into Russia. You can't bring them in anymore. So this is just more sick thinking by people, by the way, just to make this clear, Eric, the United States military has not won a war since World War II. And they wouldn't have won it without the help of Russia who defeated Germany in the East. So all this arrogance and this attitude of more war, all it does is cost money and cost lives and costs a decline of civilization, morally, intellectually, and spiritually. And that's all these sanctions are. It's another form of military conflict put in a different context.
0: I want to get your take, your analysis on the latest with Russiagate, if you will. Drudge is reporting uh, Pence basically firing back to Mueller saying it's time to wrap it up. You know, you've had your gig, you've had your run with this quote-unquote Russia probe. Uh, he didn't actually come out and say it was a hoax, uh, but the bottom line is, is, you know, this charade's been going on for a while. Uh, again, it's been a while since I've had you on the program. I wanted to get your your take on what's happening with the whole uh, Russiagate nonsense.
1: I guess all I said is, it's nonsense. There's not been one element of proof, not one shred of proof. It's our, It's our understanding, it's our analysis, it's our conclusion. Yeah, how about, you know, if you want to masturbate, do it at home, don't do it in public. Because that's all they ever do. Like, let's remember the Iran War. Excuse me, the Iraq War. Based on no facts other than our analysis and our conclusion. How about any facts? Not one fact that Russia hacked into the DNC. And... And even if they did, what did they find? What a corrupt system it all is. So again, you know, this is nothing more than, it, 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 it it's nothing more than a, a democratic movement to really to, that began right after Trump got elected so that people would be divided in the country and not accept him as president. And the only reason why, by the way, Hillary Clinton lost is because a lot of people consider her a disgusting human being, and they were tired of the Clintons, had nothing to do with the Russians.
0: Now, Gerald, another question I have for you today was just the trend, if you will, and the rise in overall censorship. Of course, the past year or so, we've seen... Shows like the Richie Allen show go down. Mike Adams from Natural News, I think both of them are back up now. I've had two recent videos blocked recently on YouTube because it was basically exposing uh, Israel and some of the nonsense that they're doing. Uh, So as it relates to censorship, there's a recent article out that says fake news fight could lead to licensing of all reporters, which I find kind of interesting. I don't know how they'll basically break down what a reporter is. Uh, whether you and I would be considered, uh, you know, as such. Uh, But my question for you is how much longer do we have to basically be exposing the New World Order agenda? I mean, do you ever foresee a day in the next, uh, you know, maybe few years to where we have no opportunities to basically speak in the alternative media world?
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, No, I do see that
1: happening. Look what happened with the information that just came out about the NSA. It barely made the news where they hack into, what, 550 million phone calls? Mm. Mm. Oh, and, and the United States is going to bring freedom and democracy to these other countries. You know, grow up. You got a police state over here. They're going to do everything they can to stop another voice. And I'm one of the voices that they used to have on. I used to be on Fox. I used to be on CNN I used to be on with Matt Lauer in the Today Show. And I used to be on ABC, Good Morning America. And I used to be on Oprah. I was on even with uh, Brian Williams. <laughs> and who was that guy on Fox that they threw off. Uh, they had a big show, O'Reilly. Mm. I was on with everybody. They don't want to hear another voice. Mm. It's a takeover. It's a... It is the deep state and the deep state is nothing more than a corrupt oligarchy
0: now gerald if i can we'll we'll shift here a little bit we'll move into the economic world what stands out to you over the last few months economically are we uh readied for a market bounce or market bust i've had some of uh, you know the other top uh, economic uh, pundits, if you will, analysts on the show, such as Lynette Zhang, who very bravely came out. I mean, I'm not sure if it's brave or not. I think we all see the writing on the wall. But she said, no doubt, this stock market crash happens third or fourth quarter uh, this year. What do you say? What, what, do you, what does the numbers say to you and what you're presenting to the public?
1: Well, again, we were the first ones to call the Trump rally. And then in December, in our top trends of 2018, we said the Trump rally will peak and there will be a correction in 2018, What's keeping the markets afloat are Trump's tax breaks to the corporations. Most of the money from being repatriated overseas and from the tax breaks, from cutting the tax rate from 35 to 21 percent, the facts are there. They're going into stock buybacks. The equity markets are being held up with stock buybacks. What we see crashing the market, again, all things are connected, is the outbreak of war in the Middle East. Mm. According to the Shiller Indexes, the markets are overvalued to levels of pre-2007 dot-com level, and 1929 level overvaluations, and they're overleveraged. So it's we believe it's going to be a wild card event that will crash the markets, rather than a normal cycle that will bring them down. Because again, the money that the multinationals are making and reinvesting into the markets keeps propping it up. And we still have cheap money. So in Europe, they're not going to raise interest rates till 2019. Japan, they're not raising interest rates. China, you're seeing a devaluation again of the yuan. Now, what will bring interest rates higher in the United States? And that will bring the markets down. It Again, it's all connected. It's global nomic, as I call it, and that's our system. It starts where we began the Middle East, oil prices. According to the Tax Policy Center, the average tax saving for the middle class in America in 2018 will be the grand total of $930. As we speak, Oil prices are up over 50% this year. Half of that $230 has been eaten up in increased oil prices. If war breaks out at a higher level in the Middle East, you're going to see oil prices spike above $100 a barrel. Go back to 2007. Where were oil prices before the crash happened? $150 $150 a barrel. Oil prices are a warning signal of where the markets are going to go. Hmm.
0: We already see uh, yeah. rising gas prices there in California. I believe I saw that in Drudge. I wonder what gas prices you know, would average out across the United States in, in the event of an all-out war. I mean, I know to a certain degree we're we're, we're already going at it there in the Middle East, I mean, could we be seeing, you know, $15, $20 uh, gas?
1: If it, four, if it hits $4, it's over. Mm. $4 national. Look, Eric, take a look at retail sales in the United States. They're soft. So if your money's going into gas, it's not going into Target or right. Kohl's or Walmart. It's as simple as that. And then you look at oh we got you know three point nine percent you know employment unemployment rate yeah but they don't count of course you know the uh, you know what what are we at a a sixty two point one percent of of uh, of the people working you know so we have a very low participation rate and when you look at wages you know they're not even going up as fast as inflation. Because the numbers that they're using to show wage increases are on supervisory jobs rather than non-supervisory. So when you look at it, it's a distorted level because the, supervi- the people that are being supervised, their, 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 their rate of, uh, of uh, wage increase is very low. They cannot take a rise in oil prices in gas prices. So, again, it all goes back to the Middle East. As go, oh, again, I'm not making these numbers up. Take a look what's going on in Europe. A slowdown. Now, if interest rates go up in the United States, what happens to all the emerging markets? You see what's going on in Argentina. They have an interest rate now of 40% trying to stop the inflation surge. Now all of the money borrowed in emerging markets is borrowed in cheap dollars. If interest rates go up, they've got to pay back between six to 10 trillion dollars in borrowed money with more of their cheap currencies that's being, dec- that's being devalued. No, there's a real crisis ahead. And again, to us, the wild card is the Middle East, and of course there's no wilder card than the Trump card. And that card is now being played.
0: Absolutely. In addition to what Gerald said, you know, obviously the, the retail is not so hot. More stores are, are closing across the board. The housing market uh, is certainly in decline. I mean, just giving it the eyeball or litmus test, even around where I live, Gerald. I mean, I know some some friends who've had their houses on the market for, you know, three plus years. And we're talking in an area where the houses are pretty cheap. So houses aren't moving. Uh, You know, in the event that we do have this stock market crash, we obviously know what's going to transpire after that. There's going to be all kinds of civil unrest and it's just going to be a bloodbath. What what's some practical advice that you can give to the people? Uh, are we moving back to a local bartering system? Should we get into gold, silver, tangible assets? Like buy some local land, get some seeds. You know, prepare to ride out the storm, so to speak. W- w- what do you think?
1: Subscribe to the Trends Journal. <laughs> there you <We> just, go. <laughs> now, really, we just sent out we just sent out a uh, a trend alert into our subscribers today, and we had detailed. Uh, steps to take to prepare for the worst. Good. And uh, just to show you, I'll I'll tell you, here we go. Um, Trend post. As we have suggested before, you may want to consider preparing for the worst. If the worst doesn't happen, you lose nothing. If you haven't prepared and the worst does happen, you lose everything. Uh. Here are some suggestions. On the most basic level, do you have at least enough food, fuel, and water for you and your family and loved ones should a 9-11 plus magnitude terrorist strike hit your nation in retaliation from nations attacked by the U.S. and its allies. Hmm. We have enough cash on hand if your government calls a bank holiday to prevent a run on the banks as currencies crash and fears spread. What will you do if a cyber attack hits financial systems, wiping out your digital cash and digital savings stored in banks and equities? Do you have a getaway plan, places to meet and locations to escape to when terror strikes? If you believe in holding gold as a safe haven asset, is it easily retrievable or is it in an ETF or a safe deposit box? Should markets and banks close, it will be of no value to have it where you can't get it. And remember GC's three G's, that's Gerald Cilenti, of course, (laughs) guns, gold, and a getaway plan. Speaking for myself, I am a believer in the right to bear arms. If, for example, a terrorist strike strikes a nuclear power plant, chaos and madness will prevail at levels unimagined as millions of people will go mad in fear of escaping the nuclear blast. It will truly be, be an every man, woman, and child for themselves episode that only the strong will have a chance of surviving. And it keeps going on. Wow. So that's what you
0: get. Subscribe to the Trends Journal. Uh, sorry, folks, for the technical difficulties. I had one more question for Gerald. I, I was just mentioning that 75% of people uh, are living week to week. Make sure you're prepared. Make sure you get your skill sets in order. Um, my last question for you is concerning the cashless society looming, and as I mentioned, that there's another big article on Zero Hedge, which which is making its way around. Uh, and basically, the overall premise is, uh, you know, as we're moving away from cash, obviously the banks benefit benefit from this, receiving all types of footprints, if you will, uh, on the internet as it relates to our buying preferences. I mean, just basically, you know, it pertains to the to, to the growing police state as well. Uh, they're also indicating cash uh, transactions globally are declining. I think only seven percent or so in this country uh, don't have bank accounts. Uh, what what do you see along this line? I mean, I know India is the latest country uh, that's you know basically banning big bills. And how, where does the United States stand in all this? There's a lot of people getting weirded out by you know the digital economy, market of the beast, technology, if you will. And then I'll allow you some uh, shameless self promotion time after, and we'll close out.
1: It's one of our top trends, actually, in 2017, going cashless. And we saw this coming for a long time. And, again, you mentioned India. Do you know when India called back 86% of the cash? It was Election Day, 2016, November 8th. And what they're doing is the governments want you to go cashless so they could follow every penny that you spent and get their share of it in taxes. And What we're seeing is a continuation of that and an escalation of it. So we don't see any end of it in sight. It's going to get much worse. And that's why you're also seeing, for example, now Goldman Sachs, the New York Stock Exchange and others getting involved in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Cashless is the future. And there's no getting around it. It's only going, they want to know every penny that you spend so they can get their cut of the action. And it's more of the police state uh, robbing us of our freedoms of individuality and what we do every day. And again, I mentioned earlier, Eric, there's no outrage at all that NSA has tapped into 535 million phone calls last year in the United States. Hmm. So going cashless is where it's going. And there's there's no getting around it as we see it.
0: Yeah, and also yeah, and factoring you know Facebook and Google, what's been transpiring with them. Of course we know they are spying on us folks. It's not conspiratorial. Gerald, thank you a lot for coming on the program today. Last few minutes for you, sir, in terms of upcoming talks, media appearances. Uh, conferences, maybe uh, I thought I saw on your website or YouTube channel, you got a big announcement to make as it relates to changes within the Trends Journal. I'm not sure if you wanted to uh, divulge into that area, but last few minutes for you, sir, and I'll close out the program.
1: Sure. I, I, just staying on cashless, by the way, take go to China. People don't use cash. They don't use credit cards. They use apps. And that's what's going on. So now we're talking a country of 1.3 billion people going cashless. And again, as I say, the business of China's business, the business of America's war, follow China and you can see what's going on. And and as for the, the announcement, the Trends Journal is a quarterly now. And, but of course, we do trend alerts each week. We did two this week on big issues. We do trends in the news broadcast Monday through Thursday. We do We do uh, Friday Trends specials, but now the Trends Journal is going to be monthly. So the Trends Journal will now be monthly rather than quarterly, plus all the other information that we've been putting out. And I can honestly say, and it's a money-back guarantee, when you read in the Trends Journal, it's really history before it happens, and guaranteed you won't find it anywhere else in the world, particularly... In today's dumbed down news, it's more than fake news, Eric. It's stupid news. Yeah. Yeah. Do you realize that after Trump announced that they were going not to not honor the Iran agreement, the nuclear agreement, the next day on USA Today, CNN, the major websites, no mention, gone, gone the next day. Hey, did you hear about Stormy Daniels?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big news, Stormy Daniels. Yeah, I don't know what to say, Gerald. Uh, you and I can, can see through the smoke, so to speak. We hope more and more people wake up. And as you know, there's so many uh, events happening on a daily basis that um it, it warrants gerald putting out more and more information now as opposed to quarterly breaking things down on a monthly basis and we sure do need your analysis uh, gerald and just a follow up with china yes with the social credit system now in place many are seeing how that kind of interconnects with the globalist plans and you know if you don't play along according to their system hey eventually they'll just turn your chip off um yeah a lot going on in the world gerald appreciate you taking time out uh, folks, thanks for tuning in to Tradcat Night Radio today. Check into tradcatnight.blogspot.com daily. It's updated daily. This is an information war, folks. If you can, click that PayPal button. Get behind this apostolate financially. And I look forward to having Gerald back on the program in the future. Hopefully, we get him back on in June, perhaps. And until next time, my good friends, stay safe and God bless.